What's up? Hello, everyone. Good morning. Wonderful Friday. Um, I'm going to watch as you guys log in. Hopefully, you can hear me okay. Yep, we're good. Okay, just want to make sure the volume is up. Let some people join in right now. Um, okay, go back to there. Let everybody get on. Hope you're doing well. Let's see if I can see chats here. Give me a favor. Um, you guys know the routine. Log in to if you come in the comments and you happen to start viewing. Whatever you're doing, throw me some coffee or coffee emoji or whatever you're doing. As you guys know, this is a coffee talk. Coffee talks are recorded live, sort of barebow, sometimes not, maybe a little bit more, you know, other stuff going on, um, you know, over a cup of coffee and just general discussion. Also, remember, um, you know, our Patreon members get to join these discussion on video if they so choose. Um, hi, Leslie. Have a good day at work. Hi, Rhonda. Hey, Scott. You know, I, I'm going to actually, I should have gotten more coffee. I only have about a half a cup here. That's the one thing I forgot to do before I went live, but that's all right. We'll, 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 uh, we'll survive. Um, let people log in here and, and have a discussion. Klaus is living my dream right now at eight o'clock in the morning here and go to old America. He's got a pint in front of him. So this morning's discussion is, um, it's going to be three things. Um, being selfish. I'm going to talk about um, shooting world archery field. Um, and I had my first experience with that with Mr. John Demmer earlier in the week. Um, I've shot field before, never the world archery, never the unknown distance and stuff. So, um, and then uh, aiming, we're going to talk about aiming or lack thereof. So we'll, we'll get there. Give people a couple more, couple more minutes here to log in and um, we'll go from there. All right, perfect. So um, the first topic that I had discussed um, or posted in the live event notification um, was about being selfish. And the reason that we're talking about that or the reason that I'm bringing this out as part of the discussion for you guys is because by nature, we are taught or it's ingrained in us that being selfish is a bad thing um and that's sort of correct it, it is um you know but the struggle with being a competitive archer is that you do have to be selfish um and by nature we sometimes forget that it's okay that you're allowed to be selfish when you need to be selfish um, as a shooter, you need to think about yourself. You need to be all about yourself and all about yourself and nothing else. 
So we kind of go against, you know, the thing or the, you know, that notion that um, we were raised with, you know, so as you guys approach, you know, competition, whether it's preparation for competition, whether it's, um, you know, at a competition itself, you know, you have to take a selfish note of, do I need to shoot today? Or do I need to go for, do for someone else? Do I need to take a half a day off of work to go train a week before because you're not confident that you've gone through enough of what you've gone through to reach your goal um, at a tournament? Your selfishness is part of your coping mechanism for dealing with moments of high personal value. That means that you don't care what anybody else is doing. Um, you don't care who's watching you or who is shooting next to you or who or what media coverage is standing behind you. Um, you don't care about scores. You care about the clock, the conditions, and the arrow and the bow. That is being selfish. It is being focused, but it's being selfish. You're not worried about anyone else. Um, you know, there's a competition mindset. When you're a high, uh, I, think, I think as you become maybe a high, higher level competitor, it becomes second nature to be that way, or it's difficult to maybe step outside of that, um, that mindset. And it's okay. I mean, and I, I think, and I, I guess maybe I'll preface this by saying like, I've had a change in my mindset over the last like two years. And it's, it's definitely that understanding, like, I don't care who you are. I don't care what's happening. I don't care. You know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to be able to literally just turn off your feelings. And that includes maybe in some ways your feelings for other people. Yeah. It's, you can juggle both, but it's just, it's a mindset. I'm not saying that you should be rude to people, but what I am saying is that it's a mindset. You need to be selfish. You need to worry about you. Bathroom, food, practice, everything leading up to before and during the tournament. It is okay for you to take that mindset. So, you know, I, I, I think we, by nature, don't realize that it is okay for you to put yourself in that mindset. And that's the mindset to take in preparation for and during a tournament. Yes, have fun and shoot and, you know, be merry and talk to people and all that stuff. It's, it's good stuff. Um, archery is fun and you can still joke around, but turn the switch on. And when you pick up your bow and you're about to hear that two blasts of the whistle, be selfish. All right. It is okay. Um, but anyway, and then I just, you know, I just wanted to open up with that because I think it's important. Um, you know, and that's the tone that you need to take especially in eliminations, especially when you're shooting head to heads, don't worry about what other people are shooting, literally make it a point to avoid looking at what they're doing. I think at some point you'll get, you'll get to a point where, you know, maybe you can handle that a little bit more when you're really, really confident with your shot process. 
um, and stuff like that. But be selfish. It's okay. It doesn't make you less of a person. It just makes you focused on the task at hand. Um, so with that, I wanted to also then, we shot field archery um, on Wednesday. Um, Maggie and I took a ride up to shoot at Lonesome Road Archers with Mr. John Demmer. I have shot field. I grew up shooting field, but it was only with Olympic recurve. Um, loved it. Without a doubt, my favorite style of archery. Um, loved it so much that I think I'm going to build a field course where our 3D course is. Um, but, you know, we went through, we probably shot I don't think we shot maybe seven, eight, nine targets, something like that. Everything from peepers to longer, longer targets and, and judging distance and stuff like that. Um, there's definitely going to be a podcast coming uh, in regards to field archery. Um, but it's just a, a plethora of information. It's really awesome stuff. I will plug the push pack right now because um some of what we talked about and well more than what we talked about and a ton more i'm not going to talk about it here because i want you guys to consider if you're going to shoot field archery um if you're planning to go to um see a bead if you're planning to go to uh washington for field nationals and you're going to go you might want to consider spending the 75 bucks, go to the push, click on their push archery center of learning and go to John Demers, the JD three um, pack section and watch that. Um, because we, we were, we were talking as we were working one-on-one -on -one and he, and we were, you know, he was working with Maggie on some things and, um, and whatnot. And, you know, a lot of what we talked about is in there. Um, so I definitely would recommend like you guys don't have access to be able to just go shoot with John. So I would go get on that and um, check it out because the information that like I did, I did not know about judging distance um, and that whole, that whole ordeal. We'll probably talk about it a little bit on the podcast in general, um, but we're not going to go like into deep, deep detail because there's a push pack out there for you guys to all partake in. So go check that out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really good information. And I got to tell you, it's definitely a great combination of archery. I always love field. I never shot field as a bare bow shooter. So, um, going up there and I had no crawls. I had a 50 and an approximate 30 and a 20. So, it was uh, a little bit of a learning curve, but by the end, you know, I would say out of the three arrows that you shoot, two out of the three, if not three out of three, we're, we're pretty much in the middle. I'd say the last like four targets, we, what we did is we like went out a little loop and then turned around and came back and then went back out the loop again and then just walked ourselves back. But um, it was, it was definitely good stuff and it just, it's just fun. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to put the field course out um, over here at our club. So I think it's going to be good stuff, definitely. Um, and then the last thing 
that and if you guys have any questions as as i'm you know blabbering along please um you know don't hesitate to ask and don't forget if you're drinking coffee post the emoji i want to know what you're doing if you're driving like bead put rolling so i'm assuming bead was on his way to work um cool sean awesome uh sean i don't know if you've gotten into um the pushback i got a string floating around right here i think yeah i do um you might want to you might want to hop in on that and check out uh jd3's portion of that because it's if it's near the amount of stuff it's going to be more i know it's going to be more stuff because i know you guys in the tuning stuff as well um, you should definitely go on there um, and check that out. Um, but anyways, and then the last thing um, I wanted to talk about was, and I, I put on the title of the event is no aiming. Um, you know, John and I had, we're, we're messaging back and forth since I've changed my, my entire shot process and it is just so much better and so much calmer and like the tire panic is just so much more manageable. It's incredible. Joe McGlynn, the infamous. Hi, Joe. I hope you're doing well. Um, and, you know, the one thing that I think barebow shooters do is they over aim a lot and over aiming gives it just, exasperates the target panic um i think there comes a time where you can aim harder but you really 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 need to have confidence in your holding and and just your shot process in general i think most barebow shooters have such a dynamic follow-through and release that the aim becomes by default the anticipatory thing of that action. And the reason I put in about no aiming is that you, uh, and this is, this kind of goes across the board with just about every type of archery, including the being selfish discussion. The no aiming portion is, is your conscious mind needs to handle establishing the whole. Um, you need to make that happen. The aiming portion, I mean, you cannot aim at all until after that hold. You can't consciously make an effort of aiming until after that hold is established. So I see a lot of shooters that do this and they come into that, what's called the setup position. And they're already looking at the tip of the arrow from here. Stop aiming, ignore the tip of the arrow. You get stuck at full draw, Try it one time. You get stuck at full draw. Excuse me. Deliberately ignore the tip of the arrow and stare a hole through the target. Even though you think you're looking at your target, you can still have uh, an extraordinary focus on the end of that arrow um, in your peripheral. Literally ignore it. Take your focus off of the tip of the arrow. There's a reason that we can do draw holds all day long. Because when we do draw holds, we go, 
we come up, we hit our anchor, and we just float that tip of the arrow because we're staring at the target and we're not really looking at the tip of the arrow. We're just letting it float back and forth. Same thing when you're shooting. Conscious mind focuses on the hold. Tip of the arrow float happens. It just happens. Let it happen. Enjoy it. Let it float there. Let it do what it needs to do. Maintain your hold. Your subconscious mind will take over as you become more comfortable with that aim and you're more stable at full draw. That's what it is. It's, that's all it is. Um, stop aiming as you raise the bow, before you hit anchor, while you're anchoring, and, and before you establish the hold. Stop aiming. It just creates the pathway to getting flinchy and allowing target panic to take over your shot. Um, you know, and, and then you need to train that too. So like when you're, if you're doing drills, which we probably have, you know, I'm a big proponent of drills, shooting drills, blah, blah, blah. You need to take that, that presence of mind um, to do that. The aim is not as important as the functionality of you shooting the arrow or not you shooting the arrow, allowing the bow to shoot the arrow. That's a mindset thing. And I'm still working on it myself. Change the mindset. You're not shooting the arrow the bow shooting the arrow, take yourself out of the equation. Just get to a good full draw position, hold it, let the bow do the work. All right. All right, I need to take some coffee. See, I only had a half a cup and I still haven't finished it. And I've gotten through all three topics. You guys are, you guys are, uh, you got me way ahead of schedule. Today's coffee is brought to you by Krispy Kreme. No, they are not a sponsor of the show or the podcast. Um, guys, any questions or comments? Anything going on? Hey, and just a reminder, as, 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 that, uh, as we have this discussion, don't forget you have the Advanced Barebow Shooting Seminar in Reno, Nevada, High Desert Archery. You have, uh, that's in October. You got one in November at First Flight Archery in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, check that out. Um, online coaching. I do have two slots open right now for online coaching. If anybody wants to hop in on it, you're more than welcome to. Um, I can tell you, those of you that participated early on uh, in like sort of the, the, it was like a trial sort of um, period. Uh, it is completely different. Um, you know, I, uh, you know, always set up, do, do form evals. Yes, Harold, these, the coffee talk is still a podcast episode for those of you who, who happen to end up listening to this. Um, I just record them live. It's a general discussion about a couple of topics could be news related, could be shooting related, could be some mental talk. It's all kinds of stuff. So, um, these are recorded and they will be on all of the locations that you can listen to the barebow project. So, um, hope you guys are excited about that last episode we did with Rod Menser and Jen Mazer from, uh, Rod Menser from USA Archery, the CEO, um, and Jen Mazer, of uh, the Archery Trade Association. Also, um, for those of you, I am teaching, um, the masterclass, the barebow 
I guess the barebow section or discussion or presentation of for the archery master class at the archery trade association. Um, so you might wanna might wanna check that out if you decide to come to the twenty five meter shootout. You can come and attend that master class um, by the ATA. Um, and that's going to be some general barebow discussion, maybe a little bit, you know, how it, how it relates to retailers, what they should be carrying. Um, you know, maybe talk about like the sales side of it and stuff like that with, you know, why, why they should uh, promote barebow um, from a retail side and stuff like that. So 10, 20 PM where Ian is. I don't know why you're sad about that, bud. You get to go to bed soon. That's a good thing, right? Um, I see an anger emoji. Who could possibly be angry right now this early? Or, well, I guess in some cases late. Who knows? Guys, any other questions or discussions or topics? Pretty excited we go to our local fair, our county fair tonight with the kids from GHA. Um, we get to go and sort of put them on display and let them shoot, have a good old time in front of the public and, and sort of get the show off their town a little bit, you know, a little marketing, a little this, a little that, be good. Um, so this is, not related to this discussion, but uh, Robert Tony just posted a question in the Barebow Project. Well, no, not no, that was 13 hours ago. I'm sorry. And he said, thinking about buying the RX7 arrows, what kind of spine and arrowhead weight do you usually use to compare to RX7? Usually shoot X Buster's 600 spine. Um, so one of you, some of you guys, if you shoot the RX7s, go ahead, head over there. I honestly don't shoot those at all not even sure what arrow that is to be completely honest i wish they were rz's shout out to uh, carbon express i wish you guys were still making those rz's those are great arrows bob how you doing hope you're doing well missed most of the discussion well, if Mr. Uh, Robert, if you happen to see this or hear this podcast, Dennis McCullough says he had a terrible time trying to tune those arrows. Uh, I don't know if that's the case. Bring back the RZ, Santo. Yeah, God, amen to that, brother. Um, and I, I will say you're shooting X-Busters, and that is a very large arrow. Um, in my personal opinion, there's only a handful of shooters that should even bother messing around with fat arrow shafts, um, that are super, super consistent. And if you think that you're shooting them because you're gaining points, but you're not consistent enough to at least keep your arrows in the red 18 meters, uh, I think you are, um, not really making any progress. I would focus more on shooting a more forgiving arrow and and stick with focusing on your shot process. 
Yeah, Ted, they do have the RZs online. Um, they, they do. Um, I don't know if they have the full spine availability or not. So, but yeah, I do know that they have them available online. I don't know what, if they're making them or they're just selling out what they have. They are awesome though. For sure. For sure. It stinks. I'm sure that they are just struggling like everyone else. So are they listed or listed as in stock? I only have fledged three packs, not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Santo. You only have three packs of RZs. Sand, if for, for those of you who don't know, Santo has more arrows. Probably he's got more arrows probably sitting next to him while he's watching this than anyone else. That dude's got arrows galore. Every type, every brand, every spine, wooden, carbon, aluminum. He's you can just go shopping in Santo's basement. And that's no joke. So make sure you guys are saw, and I always do this. Joe McGlynn is, is, is watching this video. Um, he, uh, um, he owns an archery shop and range up in New York city. If you guys get to New York city, go check him out. Joe, uh, Joe, why don't you post your, um, why don't you post tag your page in the comments? Joe, if you're still watching, so people can go like your page. All right. Um, Billy says, what characteristics make an arrow more forgiving 18 meters? I mean, just by nature, a, 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 a smaller arrow shaft, like a VAT V1 versus a 3DHD versus a 23 series diameter, you're going to see difference. So you'll have more forgiveness on the V1 versus the 3DHB versus a big fat arrow shaft. Um, you know, a 23 diameter is just, yeah. And here, I'm also going to reply to that with your page at, oh, let's see if it'll show up. Oh, range, range. Um, so, you know, in that situation, Billy, I mean, I've shot good scores with like Black Eagle PS 23s and stuff like that. Um, but I noticed like with the RZs, for example, um, um, the RZs versus like a, a, a bad or a little mini collapse with an RZ is like a nine, eight line versus like a 23 series is like an eight, seven. Is that, you know what I mean? And then, you know, just the tri-spine of the RZ, it just, it's, a, it's just incredible. It's, it's, it, it is truly a, a superior arrow for indoor archery, in my opinion, or maybe even 3D, um, depending on how fast, you know, what your poundage is and stuff. But like, it's pretty incredible. Uh, yeah, see, Santo said the same thing. The tri-spine of the RZ is more forgiving arrow than anything else in the market. I, I have to agree with that. Um, However, you know, that doesn't necessarily carry over for a, a, a large, a large arrow. 
it's just the nature of the beast. It's like shooting a 27, um, 27 inch or a 27 inch, a 27 series, like compound arrow versus a 23 versus, um, you know, a, a 0.166, which one of those three are going to be more forgiving, even at like 50 meters. Sure. You can shoot them all, but forgiveness is what it is. So that's kind of the basic premise of that. A lot of people go, oh, I'll shoot 23s and I'm going to break some lines. For the lines that you break and the ones that you lose because you shot a bad shot and that arrow just doesn't have the um, forgiveness, you know. Yeah, the VAPs are nice, Dennis. VAPs, I like the 3D HV. I mean, it's a decent arrow. Um, I just bought some V6 3D HVs for ETAR. And I'll be honest with you, they, they shoot just fine. I mean, they, they, if I shot Barabo 3D, I would, that's probably what I would shoot, is my guess. I kind of play around. I shoot all sorts. I shoot Black Eagles. I shoot this. I shoot that. So, you know, you can, you can, you can play around and shoot just about any arrow. Um, if I shoot a 23 series, I'll probably shoot a, the PS23 again. I might play around with some 23s again this year just because I'm shooting more consistent now than I was last year. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I also have a new bow. I don't know if you guys saw my Instagram story. I'm playing around with the 27-inch uh, Exceed. So, you know, with the XLs on it. It's a long bow, but I do like the way it feels for sure. All right, I'm almost done here. Not almost, I am. Um, Sean, the podcast that I was talking about, about the 25 meter shootout, I think that's what you're asking about, is the last one um, that I did with Rod Menser and um, Jen Mazer from ATA. So that's the one I was talking about where we talk about that event and there's $85,000 in prize money total. And there's $6,000 in prize money for Barebo. Barebo is not split into men's and women's. It's all one class. So you guys need to make sure you show up for that event. Um, I'm sure there will be extra spots. Um, unfortunately, I bet you Barebo probably has more in attendance than Olympic recurve, but I'm sure we'll also have some international competitors come over because of the prize money. So, well, for Olympic recurve, that is. So, um, Thomas says you got V6s because they're a local deer left. They're doing great. Yeah, the V6s are decent. Yeah, well, I mean, Billy, I think you answered your own question. Superdrive 23s. Sure, they'll work great. And you can hit mid-260s, but I think your highs and your lows are going to be a greater distance because those arrows are not as forgiving. I would try your aces and see. I bet you instead of your lows being whatever, you know, I bet you that bottom. Your goal in barebow isn't to get your highest number your high. Your, your goal in barebow is to keep your lowest number as high as possible. I hope that makes sense. You know, you're, we're all going to have like every once in a while, you're going to have like an amazing day shooting and things are all going to go 
Perfect. Now, I didn't say anything about the push podcast, Sean. All I said was about the push pack and the JD3 learning module in the push pack that talks about field archery, um, some general, like some barebow tuning stuff and whatnot. Go check that out. Um, yeah, there you go. Ted posted the link. Um, so, but anyways, yeah. So I think you kind of answered your own question there. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, uh, the, the aluminum for barebow because they just take too much of a beating. We're not shooting at three spots. Well, most aren't. Um, that's just me, though. And plus, you're limited on point weight as well. Yeah, but you're shooting Olympic recurve, Joe, and three spot. I don't, you know, I just, I don't know. I admittedly, I do have some, and but I don't know what the max point weight is that you can get for the for those arrows i have some and i thought about trying them now i do believe that grayson shot them one year at the classic don't remember what his point weight was though yeah minimize your lows that's right free it's about forgiveness um and and bringing that bottom number up I've hit 280s in practice ends. I've never done it in competition. I think 276 is the highest 300 round um, I've ever shot in a competition. Um, unfortunately, that was indoor nationals. And then I had an equipment failure the last end or the first end of the second half, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> um, any idea how much and one eighth of an inch of knock height will change the impact at 50 meters? Um, not a ton, but it's going to change your point on a little bit. Like if you are point, if let's say you are, um, and also depends on your forgiveness, like how consistent you are. Um, I, I, I'll read that again. Doug. Eisterhold says, any idea how much an eighth of an inch of knock height will change the impact at 50 meters? Um, for me, that little bit of a change is minute, but if I'm aiming, say, point on at the bottom of the goal, that's gonna put me at the bottom of the red-ish somewhere not the bottom of the red we're bottom of the eight somewhere between seven and eight um but i don't you know don't don't stress over that you just need to find where and that's if you have a consistent anchor that day most people at 50 meters doug aren't even going to see the difference because they don't shoot consistent enough to see that that change here's a handful um i can honestly say that even with myself like i'm I shoot, I'm shooting more than I did last year leading up to nationals. I can tell you that there's days where I'm super consistent and I feel awesome, but there's also days where, you know, I'm spraying them throughout the, the gold and the eight ring like crazy. And my groups are like this, but they're all in the middle versus this. So, you know, like I said, don't be overly, if you're, if you have a good arrow flight, just focus on your shot process and form. Don't get overly worried about 
your tune and you know being super analytical about it you know I, we were talking about field archery and just uh, just to elaborate a little bit we we're talking about field archery tune versus like a 50 meter tune for barebow it's okay to be a little bit more stiff or like right on spot on tune for 50 meters versus field because in 50 meters we're shooting same distance no up and down hills you know um every single arrow is the same whereas in field you know you're uphill you're downhill you're side hill and your tune by nature is going to change a little bit you know when you when you draw and you're uphill you're going to be a little bit longer into a weaker side of your tune downhill you might be a little bit shorter you'll be a little bit on the the stiffer side of the tune so you know being a little bit weaker so that when you are shooting that downhill you don't have as much of a um a reaction to that uh stiff side of the tune instead of so there's, you just have to, you have to play with that. So it depends also, I guess, on what, what your game is too. So Joe McGlynn says that the um, good old Easton RX-7 does have adjustable points. I'll have to look at getting some of those and playing around with it then, Joe. Maybe I will play around with those for those a little bit. I still like my Black Eagles though. I like all Black Eagle arrows. They only made a tri-spine. Um, that's about it, everyone. I don't have much else. I have things I got to get done today. Um, All right. Well, thanks for joining. Thanks for watching. We will uh, see you guys many of you very soon out at uh target nationals um and we might have a coffee talk between now and then if you have any podcast requests please do not hesitate to reach out and uh we can we can do a, a short podcast or even a coffee talk to help address any questions or things We'll do that. All right. All right, guys. I hope everybody's well. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you later.